Today's podcast is brought to you by Sony XM3's industry-leading noise-canceling headphones. Less noise, more creating. Guys, these headphones are absolutely incredible. I've been using them for about three years now since the XM2s. And these headphones are seriously a game changer. No matter where you go, you are in 100% complete control of your environment. You can transform them with the click of a button. Noise canceling on. Ah, I love it when she says that. Anywho, these headphones have 30 hours of battery life. The party never stops. Find your creative flow with the Sony XM3s. What's going on, world, and welcome to another episode of the Art of Visuals podcast. My name is Prince McClinton, and I am your host. And today's guest is LA-based creative director Claire Lejeune, specializing in photography and social media marketing, pushing the limits of branded content and giving brands a modern and updated look. Claire, welcome to the show. Hello, hello. What an introduction. Love that. (laughs) What an intro, baby. What up? How you doing? How you living? Talk to me. I'm great. Doing fantastic. It's sunny and beautiful in LA right now. Got the sun shining in through my apartment. So life is beautiful, man. I love it. Yeah, you're talking to me on the iPad right now and I can see like yeah. the, the sun rays beaming. So much sunlight. Face. So he- such a <laughs> heavenly backdrop. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> natural lighting always. <laughs> <laughs> so Claire and I actually, so I met, I found Claire on Instagram. We were in a pinch in LA like two and a half weeks ago, uh, looking for another photographer for a shoot that we had. And Claire was freaking so rad, got back to me like right away and was just totally game to hop in and take care of business. And so that's how we met. She's Awesome. I'm super stoked to have you on the show. Why don't you start us off by sharing a little bit of background information on yourself with the AOV community? Yeah, for sure. Real quick, I just want to mention that some person that I, or like a homie on Instagram, actually saw your story. And that's how I hit you up. I had no idea what was going on. And he was like, yo, like you would be perfect for this. Send me your story. And I was like, obviously just like, I was super in a hurry coming back from a shoot. So I just quickly was like, yo, like if you need anyone, hit me up. <laughs> so shout out to the homie who did that. That's like super sick that he was able to link us up. Appreciate it. All the love. <laughs> but yeah, about my story. Um, well, I'm originally from Paris, France. Immigrated to the States with my parents when I was younger. Kind of grew up um, a little bit like halfway in France, halfway in DC. So I grew up originally in DC. Um, and yeah, had a kind of a cool childhood. I was homeschooled and I have seven siblings. So definitely had a unique, unique time with the family in DC. Um, and slowly but surely started getting more into like creative work by picking up graphic design and stuff when I was a little bit younger. And, uh, I think one day, like I saw an ad on Instagram for, like a photography meetup in DC. And I was like, yo, that looks kind of cool. Like it was back in the day when like meets were just coming up on Instagram. Like this was like six years ago or something. And I was like, that's such a cool concept. Like go shoot with people, but like, I don't have a camera. I'm not a photographer. And I like, I was so nervous to go that I like put it off for literally a year. And then finally I was like, yo, I'm just going to go to this like random Instagram meet and like come with through my iPhone and shoot some bangers on the iPhone. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I showed up to me. I was like 17 or 18 and, uh, that kind of started my whole journey into photography and like visual creation, um, through shooting on my iPhone for like two years, going to Instagram meets, hanging out with photographers. And, uh, now we're here in LA doing it full time. So it's pretty cool. 
been a, a cool journey. <laughs> yeah. And I'm excited a to, to sit down with you and talk to you about what that journey from start to where you are now kind of look like. And so after, first of all, you moved to LA recently and you were telling me that how long ago was that now? It'll be three years next week. Okay. So why did you move to LA from Washington, DC? Um, well, originally one of my best friends had moved here to go to school and I was kind of like really tired of living in the DC area was in Virginia technically. And there's just not like a lot of push in DC for creativity. I felt very like not in my element there and not inspired. And my friend was moving to LA and like, you know, being, I think I was 19 or 20, I was like, yo, Los Angeles, like what a cool destination. You know, that's where like people go make their dreams come true. So I was like, screw it. I'm just going to move to LA randomly. And like, I was very barely into photography at that point. I had a camera, but I wasn't like doing it full time or anything. And I just literally bought a flight and just came here and was like, I'm going to do photography full time, had no plan, no experience and just somehow ended up here. <laughs> so, so you decided that you were going to do photography full time. You booked a flight to LA, you left. What yeah. was that? What was that like once you got here? Like, how did you go about starting off in the business? I mean, you didn't, or did you have a job to kind of hold you over? Or did you just go? No, I literally just went full time photography, which probably was not a good idea back then. Cause I had no experience. I was really broke for a long time. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just literally decided from one day to the next, like I'm going to be a professional photographer. That's it. Like I'm just doing it for work now and never got a job. Definitely struggled for a long time. It's not an easy thing to do, especially having no experience in it. Um, but yeah, no real plan. So what did you, how did you gain experience? Were you just like out taking any shoot and every shoot you could or how did that all kind of come about? Yeah. I mean, at the beginning, I just literally shot everything all the time. Um, I mean, I was constantly shooting and I still am like I'm almost every day, but, uh, back then I, any, any person that I met who I like thought could potentially need photos, I was like, Hey, I like shoot photos. Like you should hire me. I'm like getting started. I took every job I could possibly find. I was literally like scrolling through Craigslist looking for people that needed, um, photographers in LA and surprisingly got my first gig from Craigslist, which is cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it was just like a lot of networking, to be honest, like making a lot of friends in LA and, and talking to different people and like kind of gravitating towards people who own brands um, and who needed, you know, to have content to sell their products. So that's really how I went at it. Honestly, just networking for the most part. I love Craigslist. <laughs> how did you, so what do you, do you, would you say that you specialize like in any specific type of photography or genre? Yeah, I would definitely say fashion for sure. Street, street photography, streetwear, um, fashion, portraits. I mean, my real love is shooting people. So anything that involves like humans. Nice. What draws you into, so I guess it's people is what draws you into fashion and all those things. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I just love fashion because it's such a great way to express yourself and like who you are. And then I'm such a social person. So it only makes sense to shoot fashion and people together. <laughs> right. How do you, how do you, how do you create connection with your subjects when you're photographing them? Um, I think first it's like kind of creating some sort of relationship with them, like just talking to them, getting to know them. Um, I usually like to take like 10, 15 minutes to like walk to the location that we're going to shoot at and like get to know them and like kind of create a rapport between us so that it's not awkward or there's you know some sort of like base of relationship there because then it's easier to direct people and then through shooting people you have to be social so you have to talk to them you have to direct them and like the more you talk to them the better the photos are going to come out 
So I probably just talk their ear off, to be honest. <laughs> Where do you think your confidence comes from? Because I was watching you while I'm, I'm very observant. I was watching you while you were shooting and you were very confident and direct in, in, in what you were doing. And I was just curious, were you always like that or is that something you learned or? I think I definitely picked it up in high school, like just being super social and having a lot of friends and talking to everyone. And with like directing during shoots specifically, I used to model a little bit in DC. So I kind of have like the other side of like knowing what I would want to hear if I were modeling. Cause like one of my biggest pet peeves is like when I still do model here and there, when like the photographer does not give any direction. And that to me is frustrating because I don't like have a mirror in front of me to see exactly what I'm doing. So the more feedback you can give a model, the better. So I think that for me, I feel confident giving them feedback because then they're going to be more confident modeling, you know? Right. So, well, that's rad. So I guess it does help then to maybe spend a little bit of time on the other side of the camera, especially if you're shooting people a lot. Um, yeah, hundred percent. Any other takeaways from modeling that helped have helped you out in becoming a photographer? Um, I honestly think it would just be like direction giving. I mean, I think from modeling, I gained a bunch of like poses that I like doing. So being able to like have already poses in my mind that I can direct the model into so that they don't have to figure everything out on their own. Um, and also I think just being a girl too, I like how I, I know how girls want to look in photos. You know, they want that like jawline, like they want the cheekbone, the highlighter on fleek. So it's like, I know how to direct girls, especially because I'm like, I, I'm in your head. Like I know what you want to look like. Right. I love that. Let me ask you this. <laughs> I should have asked this earlier, lady baguette. So the Instagram <laughs> handle. So those of you that don't know, Clara's Instagram handle is Lady Baguette. That's L-A-D-Y-B-A-G-U-E-T-T-E. So make sure to go check her out and follow her on Instagram. But where did the name come from? Tell me the tell me the, <laughs> I, tell me the story there. Literally everyone asks me this. It's so funny. Um, <laughs> do you know who Scott Disick is? Yes. He yeah, okay. He's like so a there, he was right? on yeah, he's on he's keeping up with the Kardashians. So there was an episode I was watching one day and I was definitely high watching this episode of Scott Disick um, calling himself a lord and like going to London and getting knighted as a lord. And I was like stoned out of my mind. I was like, yo, that's so sick. Like he's a lord. Like I want to be a lady, like get knighted or whatever. And I was like, lady, like lady what though? And I was literally, I'm not kidding you, eating a baguette with like cheese. And I was like, lady baguette. <laughs> and I changed my Instagram to that simply like just as like a joke. Like I was totally going to turn it back to whatever it was before. And then my friends were like, no, that's hilarious. Like, that's so like, you're not going to forget that name. You should hundred percent keep it. And now, now it's like such a thing. I get DMs of people sending me like photos of baguettes, like literally all the time. It's amazing. Anytime something baguette related goes trending, especially on Twitter, I have so many DMs of people being like, Oh, look at this, like funny baguette meme. I'm like, yes, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is really funny. I appreciate you sharing that story with us. Um, I'm curious, what advice would you have for like a young creator wanting to move to LA and kind of do what you're doing? Because I feel like there's a lot of people that have like this dream of moving to either LA or New York and making it big in the creative field and things like that. So, uh, you've obviously have made the move, you've gone through the struggle, you're like doing well, uh, on the up, constantly hustling, constantly grinding. What tips would you give to someone else looking to do the same thing? I think my biggest tip for sure is networking. I think that too many people rely on like reaching out to people via DMs or email or something. And I think that the best way you can get a job is to do it organically by having that human interaction. So like network, 
all the time. Put yourself out there. Don't be afraid to like, you know, like push your work a little bit on people, not like in an obnoxious way, but like make it known that like, Hey, I'm, you know, I do videography. Like, you know, if you ever need anything or just also being like around people and putting it out there and being fun to be around and like creating those good relationships with people. Um, I always say people aren't necessarily going to hire the best photographer. They're going to hire the people they want to work with. Because if you're on set for, you know, 10 hours with someone, you want to be on set with someone you actually want to work with, you know, after 10 hours, like you're going to have to be around this person. If they're annoying, you're not going to want to shoot with them. So if you can create a good relationship with people and make people feel good about themselves and be good around them, then, and also obviously, you know, work your ass off and be talented and, and put a lot of work ethic into what you do. But it really is networking and creating good relationships with people. Oh, I love that. I'm so happy. I mean, cause you're, you know, you're obviously in your mid twenties and, uh, I think it's cool that someone as young as you putting such weight on real world scenarios of networking and not just DMing. So many people just kind of sit around on social media and think they can just blast people in DMS and they're going to get work that way. And I couldn't agree more. It's, yeah. There's nothing better than meeting someone face to face for, uh, relationships. What other, uh, so before I move into the other question, I'm curious, let's talk about you being a female photographer in a heavily male dominated space, like heavy, heavy male dominated space. Mm -hmm. What's that like for you? Cause you remind me, you remind me of like the homie little sister. You're like the, you remind me like my, <laughs> my little sister was tough and like could, like could be with the boys, beat the boys up <laughs> and, 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 and hang, you know what I mean? And I see that in you. And so what's that been like playing in a male dominated space as a female? Well, I think it started a long time ago when my mother gave birth to six boys. Uh, so I've been around guys literally my whole life because I'm the oldest of eight kids and six of them are boys. So like for me, it's always, I've always been one of the guys. Like I have a lot, I think more guy friends and girlfriends is just one of the boys. And I think that it, it wasn't necessarily like a hard to get along or like to be around so many male photographers, but it's definitely been, been weird in the sense that like sometimes people don't take you seriously being a girl. Cause like, what I get a lot, people will be like, oh, well, what do you shoot, like, weddings? And I'm like, what, you just assume that because I'm a girl, like, I shoot, you know, some lovey-dovey stuff, which, like, is cool. Like, I, you know, weddings are great, but no, like, I don't shoot weddings. And people kind of make assumptions off of you. Like, a lot of times I'll tell someone that I'm a photographer and I'm like, oh, cool. And then they'll, like, see my work and be like, oh, wow, you're, like, a photographer, photographer. And I'm like, was I not before, you know? Like, was there a difference? And you can kind of see a clear like reaction from a lot of people when they like see the work. And a lot of times I've been like ignored a lot being a girl. Like there's been times where I was in a, I remember vividly this one time where I was like at a party networking event, whatever with a ton of creators. And I was like one of the only girls there and we were all like in a circle talking and like the owner of some brand came through and was like introducing himself to everyone. And it was me and like maybe five other guys and everyone's like, Hey, like I'm so-and-so and I do this. And he literally like went to the guy next to me, introduced himself, skipped over me, assuming I was just like a girlfriend that was there or something. And then went to the guy on my other side being like, hey, like, what's up, man? Like, how are you? And I literally, I was like, hi, I'm Claire. And I also am a photographer. Nice to meet you. Like, you know, please be aware that I'm also here. Right. And it's like little things like that where it's, it's being a female, I think. Like, it's not necessarily like always bad, but there's definitely a difference. And I feel like almost more competition sometimes to be noticed more as a girl 
Um, and luckily, like, I mean, there's more and more girls that are shooting, which is awesome. Like the shoot we just did, Elle was there. She's also a female, super talented photographer. And it's cool seeing more and more girls get involved because I feel like it really is a male dominated industry and it shouldn't be because, you know, we're all equally talented and creative. So I love that. I love that you, A, it's really cool just to hear like a very specific real world scenario, like sharing that story with us. Um, what are some ways you think that people could be more respectful, I think, to women in the space? Like how, how do you think the industry could change in your eyes to be more open to everyone from, you know, no matter what sex? I think it's just to be more open-minded, to be honest, and not have assumptions and just to encourage more females to put themselves out there. Because I think girls sometimes need more encouragement from there being their lack of more creatives that are female and um just supporting like when you see like a female artist like support her show her love like tell your friends about her show her love on her social media accounts like really be there and support and encourage because i think that goes a long way because then you know she's going to do it to all her other females that are also in the creative industry you know what i mean and it's kind of a ripple effect so just be open-minded and and supportive and encouraging for sure is it is it difficult um, so I noticed you, like you said, you've done a little bit of modeling. It looks like you still do a little bit of modeling. Do you think brands or people look down on you because you're a female photographer that does both? Do you think sometimes they'd rather look at you as a model than a, than a content creator, creative director, photographer? It's funny that you say that actually, I don't know. It's kind of like a two, two answers to that. Cause I've had so many brands that actually love that I'm a female photographer. And so they make it a whole like female empowerment, like female stylist, makeup artist, female director, female, everything. Mm-hmm. And then on the other hand, I've had people be like, Oh, why do you shoot? Like you should model, you should be in front of the camera. And it's like, why? Like, why would you even tell me that? You know, like I get DMs about that all the time. People are like, Oh, you shouldn't even shoot. You should just be in front of the camera. And I think that's disrespectful right. to be honest, because it's like, why are you looking at this um, facade of like, attractiveness or whatever you see and you just like oh forget the talent forget the hard work you're hot so you should you know be in front of the camera like that's crazy to me and it happens like super often and I think it's super annoying but with the brands I actually think it's the opposite I think a lot of brands actually want to work with um all female teams and I just did a shoot the other day where it was all females literally everyone was a female and it was so sick doing that and seeing like all the creativity between us and you know it's just cool working with a lot of girls it doesn't happen often right well that's rad i mean you saw that i mean we had a girl directing our shoot which yeah is pretty dope so cool and 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 i love i mean i grew up around women so i love having i'm i'm my whole life i'll always have powerful women around me because I think that's what every smart leader should do. And so that's what I've learned in mm-hmm. my life. So, <laughs> um, I love that. You're speaking but, all the right words. <laughs> how do you plan on leveraging like your platform uh, as like a place of inspiration for, uh, for women? How do you plan to communicate and what do you plan or what do you want to do for to inspire other women to, to go after what they want to do in life? I think it's just to put my work out there more and really share it and just show like who cares what gender you are just do it do your live out your passion right. like take those risks take those chances and it like it's not even about gender you right. know that's the problem like issues are issues because we make them issues because we talk about it and it shouldn't even you know it should just be like about sh- working and shooting not about anything else and um I don't know. I just inspire girls by, by doing what I do every day and just, just shooting. I think that's what's the most inspiring thing that I can do. 
is just provide my work. I dig it. And I think it's important for like, obviously a, to just be about it. And so like, that's a great mm-hmm. way to, to inspire people to give them something to aspire to or to be that person. But at the same time, I think it's also cool when uh, brands and people are acknowledging badass women creators, the same way they acknowledge all creators and putting their work mm-hmm. forward and, and giving them a place to shine because depending on who you talk to, there's a lot of people that don't think that there's a lot of females in the space, but I know a ton and they're all crushing it, you know? And so, you know, how do we, you know, it's leveraging all of our platforms to also give more exposure to everyone, you know, people of different sex and people of color, you know, um, just more diversity in, in, in every way in every shape and form. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the best thing, like I said, is to just support all these people. Like, I love to sometimes put in my story, like, yo, tag your favorite female creative so I can follow them. And I try to find more girls to follow on, on social media so that I can show them love, you know. And um, it's a really cool, like, circle. It's a ripple effect. It really is. You just got to show the love and you'll get it back, too. And the more girls who feel appreciated in their work, I'm sure more and more are going to come out. And then everyone's going to know that there are females in the creative industry, you know. Right. No, facts. How do you approach a photograph when you are working with a brand? Um, or should I say, a, a fo- let's, let's say a photo shoot. How would you approach shooting a photo shoot with a brand? So if Adidas calls you up and say, "Hey, we want you to shoot the new Yeezys," how would you approach that shoot when you got there? Um, I mean, I think it's getting a clear understanding of like the brand's vision and really like uh, being inside their head and and fully appreciating their ideas and then putting like your twist on it too. Um, and for me, like, I don't really, I don't plan that much when it comes to shoots because I'm very like in the moment and what I feel is right. I'll, I'll work with it. I'm not huge on pre-planning because then also I feel like my expectations get set too high. If I like have a very specific way I want to shoot it and then I don't shoot it, I'll be like, ah, like I, it's ruined. I can't, you know, I can't get this exact shot. But, um, I think, yeah, just understanding the vision and, um, putting yourself into it and, and not taking the risk and just going at it. And like in the moment, seeing how people are feeling and kind of vibing off of their ideas and putting your idea into it and not being afraid to put your twist on it too. I think that's a big thing is that like brands have their own vision and you have to work with their vision, but also don't forget to put yourself into the work because that's your work, you know? Right. No, most definitely. What do you, uh, what's your go-to setup as far as gear goes? Um, so I have a Canon 5D Mark IV, and my go-to lens would for sure be a 24-70. I mean, it's just such a diverse lens. You can shoot literally anything with it, which is amazing. Um, and then I think my next lens would have to be like a 16-35 because I love wide-angle shots, especially shooting fashion. Like, it's so sick seeing clothing come alive in like a wide angle. There's just like a this crazy feeling of depth to it that I love. Um, also it makes people look really tall, which is also very good in, um, fashion in fashion shots. Um, yeah, that's pretty much what I shoot with every day. I also have like a 50, I love a good, like 85. Yeah. I, and then I have a couple other cameras. I have like a 60 that I have as a backup and I have like a little M50 for vlogging or like everyday use. Cause it's tiny. I can just put it in my purse. Um, that's, that's for sure the setup right now. So are you doing video as well? I did notice that you had like two vlogs up on your YouTube yeah, that is like the biggest fail of my life. I'm trying to <laughs> vlog and like it's just not happening. I also I vlogged for I think 
three weeks straight because I went to, uh, I had a campaign shoot in London and in Tokyo. So I vlogged the entire thing and I was like miserable doing it because you can't live in the moment when you're vlogging. You're like, wait, say that funny joke again so I can get it on camera. And it's like, bro, that's so fake. So yeah, kind of trying to get into video, like not really going for it, at least not in like the vlogging sphere. But um, I do want to get more into video in the future and be able to put together maybe like little BTS videos of my shoots. That'd be pretty cool. Right. That would be bad. <clears throat> the cool thing about it is, I mean, you don't necessarily even have to do it. You could probably find you like a little intern or something you know yeah wants, like, that wants to just be around and meet people and he wants to learn and grow yeah and i've done that someone shooting and that which would be rad for both of you guys mm -hmm. yeah yeah no i've definitely had that i've had a few people come through on shoots and just you know just shoot like bts basically and just get the behind the scenes of what we're doing which is fun that's rad how do you uh what are some of the biggest obstacles that you encounter being a photographer I think definitely like the inconsistency of work. I mean, especially if you're freelance, like if you're with an agency or whatever, it's probably easier. But for me, it's definitely been like inconsistency, which even when you're doing amazing, like you don't really know unless you have like retainers with brands where your next paycheck's going to come from. Um, so it's definitely a struggle there. And I think again, like creating good relationships with people comes back into this where it's like, if you have a good relationship with the brand, really like work it, get a retainer and then be able to like do monthly work with them. But, um, probably the inconsistency. And then I think sometimes you also like get burnt out. At least for me, I've gotten a little bit burnt out because my passion is photography, but it's also my job. So it's like, it's hard to have your, your love also be like what, you know, feeds you. Cause then it can get a little bit tough to see it as your love if you're like struggling with it. So there's been times where I've been like a little bit burnt out, but then I think for me, it's just, you got to pick it back up and go shoot for fun, which I like forget to do all the time is like, go shoot just to shoot. You don't need to shoot just for work. You know, that's when you're going to become miserable and it really becomes the only, the only thing it is, is a job, That's so which I'm true. sure you can relate to. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of people listening to this can relate to that, to where, um, you know, luckily I feel seasoned where my whole life has been devoured by my passion and business. So I've always kind of been this way where I, my work, my play and my entire life is entangled into one thing. And so mm -hmm. to the outside world, they never know when I'm working or playing. It just, it all looks just one never ending thing and it's awesome, but it can be exhausting at times, you know? Yeah, no, I, I feel that hard. It's so true. It's the same for me. Like, like I told you earlier, literally my life is photography. Like yeah. that, that's not an exaggeration. All I do talk every day is photography, photography, which is beautiful. It's a blessing. Well, yeah, there's days where it's like, I, I don't even want to talk about this anymore, but like I have to, you know, cause it's, it's my hobby and it's my passion and it's my work. <laughs> right. No, most definitely. I'm the same way, but I also have like lots of other hobbies and things and every now and again, I'm just like, don't put me in that bucket. <laughs> like <laughs> I do lots of things. <laughs> yeah, no, a hundred percent. You, you have to though. Like you have to yeah. have other things that bring you joy on the side or else you are going to get burnt out. But that's also the beauty of photography is that you can like pick it up whenever you want. And you can also like drop it down whenever you want. So it's I, not like you're working a nine to five and have to, right. you know, be there for eight hours. You'd be like, I, I don't want to shoot anymore. Bye. <laughs> Which is the best. And and I think, I think as creatives too, like what people don't realize is we, we work in like these sprint cycles to where it's not like a nine to five where you're just like working all the time constantly. Like sometimes you have like a really big project or a really big shoot and it's like, 
maybe you're on that for two weeks and you're working, you know, 60 hours a week, whatever it may be. But then when that's done, you might have four days of just chill time where it's like, I'm not actually doing anything yeah. in the next four days and I can kick it and get ready for my next thing or whatever it may be. And it's obviously important to take care of yourself to not burn out uh, from that way of life. But I was curious with you being a full-time photographer, uh, moving to LA, living out your dreams, what are some pieces of advice you would give to another young photographer in your shoes looking to do similar things? Um, I think just do what you like, whatever you're trying to go for with their video or graphic design, or whatever, do it all the time. And then don't just put yourself in one category, like specifically for photography. I used to shoot literally everything like landscapes, street. I would shoot like, I mean, you name it, I've shot it. And, and the reason that I shot literally everything is because I didn't know what I was going to be good at yet. I didn't know like what my niche was. And so by shooting everything and being able to learn about each individual genre of photography, it helped me see that like I am the most confident in portraiture and in fashion. But at the same time, it's cool because I, I was able to shoot landscape for years. So now like if I get a gig where, you know, maybe it's for, like a tourism board and they need landscape shots, I'm like, I got you. I know how to do it because... I've been doing it for years. So I think like become good at everything, you know, like, like work at everything. Don't put yourself in one category. Um, even if like, you are more interested in landscapes, like shoot a little bit of portraits. You never know. Like it might get you a job for all you know. Um, and you might develop a love for it. And then I think like for people starting out, just be more confident about your work and really put it out there. I remember there were so many times where I was like, Oh no, I don't even think this is good. I can't like post this or I can't show people. Cause like they're going to make fun of me and think that I'm not like a good photographer. Cause I'm like just starting. It's like, no, I put it all out there because one people are going to show love, you know, like people love showing love to, to creatives and two, like you never know when you're going to be able to um, get some like good feedback on it. Like, yo, that's a dope shot. Maybe like, you know, you should try like an ND filter next time or whatever. Like, just put it out there and get some feedback and ask people for feedback too. hundred percent. Like I feel like not enough people ask for feedback. Just ask people around you, people that are other creatives, people that aren't, so you can get like both sides. Um, that'd probably be like my top, top advice for sure. I love that. Especially like if you can get feedback from someone in person, it's like the best because mm -hmm. rather than asking someone if your work is good or if they like this video, like it's really easy to just say yes. And most people are nice and just say yes. But one of my favorite things to do is to like take like a commercial or rough cut of something and show it to someone. And I step completely back and I don't even watch the video. Like I'm watching them. All I care about is I'm watching their facial expressions on what they're watching. I don't, mm. I don't need to watch my own content. I'm watching the person. Cause I want to know what they genuinely feel like. Did they, right. did they make weird faces? Like what the heck was that? Or do they, look, <laughs> do they look lost? Do they look lost? Like, what am I watching? Or are they excited and, 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 and upbeat about it? And so, um, that's I think true. That of, like, that reaction, that like genuine reaction is what you're looking for. Cause yeah. people, like you said, people might kind of like not keep it real and be like, Oh yeah, that's great, dude. But then your face in their face, they're like, yeah, whatever. You know, <laughs> that's, that's so true. You really got to watch the actual reaction. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's at least it's for me, it's been a, a great way to, to find the best feedback without even asking for feedback. I just ask people to watch or look at something and I can kind of catch the feedback by watching them. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. That's a good idea. I'm gonna start doing that more. <laughs> <laughs> um, how many countries have you been to as far as traveling? It looks like you get out a little bit here and there as well. Yeah. Or states like I don't, I don't, I don't. I always say countries because you just. 
I talk to people that travel a lot out of the country, but I think it's just as cool. Like traveling period, I think is rad, even if you're in the United States. And so I don't mean to say like countries and, you know, make anyone ever feel like, Oh, I've only been to one jerk. Like, <laughs> but I've been yeah. to 30 <laughs> States or whatever. <laughs> yeah. That's such a good point. I feel like we don't put enough, like, value on traveling in your own country because especially in america yeah it's huge too (laughs) like i mean i was i was talking to a friend the other day and i was like wow like all these europeans are so well traveled and i was like how is that do they have more money and then i was like no they literally drive three hours and they're a new new country we drive three hours in california and you're still in california you know what i mean like it's such a big country and we don't like put enough time into exploring it i need to do that too i try to go on at least like one road trip like every couple months. I've been doing actually a bunch the last month. Um, I just did a road trip through California and Oregon like three weeks ago. Um, and then I did a little mini road trip to Trona, California earlier this week. But um, yeah, I have not been to every single state yet, but I feel like we're getting there. Probably been to like three fourths of America at this point. Nice. And then as far as countries, I think I'm at like 17. Oh, wow. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. I think 17 or 18. Yeah, like I said, I, I'm originally from Paris, so I've been traveling since I was really young. Like, the first time I ever flew alone, I think I was, like, like eight, wow. you know, flying to, like, France. <laughs> so um, it's kind of, like, in my blood to travel, and I find so much happiness in, like, exploring new cultures and, and um, new landscapes. But, uh, yeah, I actually have, like, a really fun goal right now. I'm trying to get 25 countries before I turn 25. And yeah. I got <laughs> – I have a, a year and a month until I turn 25, so I'm going to have to really work it in 2020. But, uh, you should yeah. do a 25 for 25 challenge. I had this, this couple that did a challenge on our blog is 30 for 30. And their goal is to either visit 30 different countries or get married by 30, whichever came first, get married Ooh. and have kids or, and so that was their thing. They're 30 for 30. So that's cool. 25 countries by 25. Let's go. Yeah. I think it's actually going to be super doable. Cause I, um, if you've followed me for a little bit, you know, I'm obsessed with Bali, like literally I am like an Indonesian at heart. I love Indonesia and um, I want to go there for a few months and like traveling around Indonesia is so easy or like the countries around there because they're super close. So if will be able to hit like everything in Southeast Asia in the next few months, so then I like definitely will hit 25. <laughs> Done. Goal captured. Yeah. Um, what about you got any other goals? Uh, any other big goals you'd like to share with us? Yeah. So my, there's like this one goal I've had literally for years and it's to work with three specific brands and it was Adidas, Nike, and Puma. And I've like had the absolute blessing of working with Puma and Adidas, but I still haven't worked with Nike. So that's like my 2020 goal for sure is I need to work with Nike. So Nike, if you're, if you're listening ladies, to this, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> anyone with the plug in the Nike, a hey, Phil Knight, it's your boy <laughs> Prince talking. If you're listening Let's hook up Lady Baguette yeah, with the, with the shit. <laughs> hey, she'll yeah. bring the bread, you bring the kicks. <laughs> I'll bring the baguettes. <laughs> I got to, fam. Yeah, hopefully that happens. That would be so, so incredible. I mean, they're all such amazing companies. And like I said, I love streetwear and fashion. And I'm such a sneakerhead. So many sneakers. So Nike is like a big one for me. That would be so sick. What about uh, who inspires you creatively on social media or off social media? Good question. There's a few people that I really look up to. I think one would be Sammy Swore. He's a homie in London. Incredible photographer. He shoots also fashion and streetwear. And he his mind is, is incredible. Just seeing like the poses that he does in his work. It's wild. I get so much inspiration from him. He's so out there with his posing and directing. 
And I think that's so dope. Um, and then another person, Lisa B, I think it's LKB photography on Instagram, female creative. She's so badass. Um, her work is beautiful, stunning retouching. Um, and again, she's female, super badass. Um, and then, um, Max Thompson's really good. His, um, black and white portraits are really stunning. Um, and then I'm trying to think, honestly, like I have so many people that inspire me. I mean, like all my friends are photographers or videographers and they're all insanely talented. So shout out to like literally all my homies because so much talent in that crew. Yeah, I think like at the top of my head, those, those three for sure. So I want to take it back real quick to the whole LA conversation. What is it like living in LA in 2020 as a content creator? I don't even know. It like low key really cringe because that's like everyone. <laughs> Everyone's a content creator in LA. Like everyone moves to LA to become a content creator, and I'm a hundred percent one of those people. I mean, I think it's so cool because LA has so much to offer when it comes to work. Like the opportunities here are wild. Like mm -hmm. I've only been doing photography for three years full time, and the fact that I've been able to work with brands such as like Puma and Adidas is like very like weird at a young age. You know what I mean? That's like 15 years ago that not would have been a thing. But now with like social media and all that stuff, it really helps. And yeah, there's just so many opportunities here. Like there's so much you can get out of LA. It's beautiful. There's so many people to work with, so many models, so many inspiring people to surround yourself with. And at the same time, it's like very cringe. Like LA is a weird place, man. It's like a very love-hate relationship. There's a lot of things about LA that I don't like. You know, like a lot of the attitude here and like the people. <laughs> there's yeah. some weird people here that are not keeping it real at all. But um Overall, it's definitely like a city that you, what you put in is what you get out of it, I think. So the culture, so it sounds like the culture is like, it's just one of those places you got to be careful. There's, there's obviously very good people and beings all around, but there's also a lot of people with bad intentions that are just trying to use you to get to wherever, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Has that been, like, how do you feel about the photography community specifically in LA? Is it, does it feel competitive? Is it, is it? very family oriented is it casual like what's it like from your perspective for me i think i've had a really great relationship with the photography community because like i said like literally all my friends are creatives i don't hang out with anyone who's not a creative to be honest so for me it's been amazing i've been able to make so many friends in la through the community here and i think they're really supportive for the most part everyone really supports each other I'm sure you can attest to that too. Like even all like the, the homies in New York and stuff, I see these like these uh, groups, these crews of like uh, shooters or uh, just creatives in general that really support each other. And I think that's a really cool thing that um, it's very specific to the creative industry. And then at the same time, like there's definitely a lot of competition. I mean, like there's so, so many people that are in this industry. It's so oversaturated with photographers and content creators. So there's a lot of competition. It can be tough to get a job. And like, I think sometimes people feel a little bit taken aback when they see certain people getting jobs that they think they would, you know, maybe even better at, or like they all are applying for the same job. But for me personally, it's been great. I, I think it, there's a beautiful community here that really supports each other. With, with there being so much competition, do you think that people hide jobs from each other? Like, you know, like, like they don't, like, <laughs> they everyone, everyone wants to help each other and see each other do well, but like not, you know how it goes. When they say, <laughs> but they like say, low key, they're like, I'm yeah, not going to tell you about this. <laughs> people want you to do well, but not better than them. And so they're like, do well, but I'm not going to give you my end to this. Or like, <laughs> 
it's true i do see that especially like something as stupid as like sharing locations like even sometimes i get like a little sus i'm like oh i can't remember where it is (laughs) like i don't know where that rooftop is i lost the address what are you talking about um yeah i mean i think i don't think in my friend group necessarily or like the community i'm involved with people like hide stuff but i can i see how that is a thing especially in la i have seen people do that and uh, yeah, I mean, like, it's tough competition. I, I can kind of, like, understand it in a way. Like, sometimes <laughs> sometimes I won't even, like, talk about jobs that I get until, like, I've literally already done the job. Like, I don't even tag them on stories or anything. I'm like, I don't want to, like, hitting up this brand because, like, I'm working with them. Like, what if what if this brand is like, oh, we don't actually like Claire anymore. We want to go with this person. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I guess that is true. But I think overall it's pretty supportive, but it uh, is tough competition. Well, and that's why it's so important, like we were talking about earlier, why relationships. That's where relationships come in and mm-hmm. play and they matter. Because if you have a strong relationship, then you're not worried about someone just, like, taking a job from you. But if you don't actually have a Facts. strong relationship with a the brand, then of course you're worried about it because you're like, there's n- like, there's no glue to this thing outside of I was just a hired hand. And so Yeah, it's true. It's true. I mean, again, it's like, I think we like forget to connect with people individually. Like it's such a lost art almost because of social media. And like, if people really enjoy being around you, they're going to want to keep you around For and sure. they're going to want to use you for work. So it's like, just be a person and be fun to be around and like, you'll be solid. <laughs> yeah. And do what you say you're going to do. Like too many, I feel yeah. like a lot of times creatives want to hype things up and, uh, they just don't, they overhype and, and just under deliver. And I don't mean like in quantity. I mean, just in, as you know, just in product, like their product is oftentimes not as good as what they sold you on. And so I think mm-hmm. it's good, you know, to not oversell to undersell and over deliver is always the key that's so (laughs) so true i do that all the time actually i always tell brands like oh yeah i'll give you like i don't know 30 photos and i always give them more like literally always because i'm like i would rather you walk away from this knowing that like i'm gonna put even more into it and you're gonna come out happier knowing that you got almost more than like your money's worth you know what i mean oh yeah so especially depending on how you look at it like you're trying to build a relationship so that's a good thing to do but then to play devil's advocate, you know, I've had people on the podcast. And I'm sure there's people listening that would probably be like, oh, well, that's, you know, what's wrong with the industries? People are over delivering and, you know, messing up the prices and they shouldn't be delivering more. You know, they should be. And so yada, yada, yada. You can look at it from, you know. Five, yeah. You know. No, I mean, I agree with that. But it's like it's about the quantity. Like when I'm saying I'm over delivering, I'm not giving them a hundred photos. You know what I mean? Like if I I said 30, I'm going to give them like 34, 35 at most. But then it's like, still they have that little bit of extra that like, say there's like a photo they don't like, then they're good. They have another photo to like include instead. So yeah, obviously don't, you got to have good prices, know the value of your work. I mean, to everyone literally know the value of your work because it is so important in this industry because it's oversaturated that if you don't, put the right value on your work then it brings down everything for everyone in the industry. Oh yeah. And so, I mean, I agree to disagree, but that's just a long conversation. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I yeah, know. That's, we could get into that for like hours. I'm sure. <laughs> so Instagram, social media, how do you plan on building your business? Like 
specifically with social media, like how are you leveraging and utilizing social media to build your brand and your business as a content creator? I think for me, I mean, honestly, I've gotten really bad with Instagram. I used to post all the time and now I, I'm getting back into it. I'm posting more now, but there was well, like, yeah, a few, TikTok, like maybe girl? like a year. Did you go to TikTok? Yeah, no, right? <laughs> I am on TikTok. Check hey. me out. I have like three videos. What is it? actually pretty cool. They're like behind the scenes. <laughs> How has TikTok worked out for you as, as a content creator? How have you been utilizing TikTok and what has some of the feedback been? I have literally not utilize tiktok at all i have three videos of me shooting behind the scenes and they're cool videos i just like haven't put the time and energy into it which right. probably should because i just read something today where it has 800 billion active users it was i think is it billion or million probably million. It's 800 million there's, there's, million there's seven billion people <laughs> okay okay yeah probably uh million but <laughs> but yeah i saw there's 800 active 800 million active users and on instagram there's a billion so like that's it's literally the new Instagram. So we should all be taking advantage of it for sure. It's just a weird. It's such a different like platform because it's video, and I'm not really a video person. So I'm trying to figure out how to like introduce that into my like social media lifestyle. I guess. Right. Does it does TikTok make you feel old at all? Like not in the sense yeah, that like 100%. not in the sense that like people on there are young, but in the sense that like. I just don't really get this thing quite yet. And it makes me feel a little outdated slightly. Dude, it makes me feel old because my brother has clout on TikTok. He like blew up and has several <laughs> videos that have like a million views. And I'm like, why is my 16 year old brother popping on TikTok? Um, yeah, he actually made my three videos on TikTok. I sent him all the clips. He's like, I got you, sis. And <laughs> just like made all the videos. So I feel old in that sense. Because um, so I was like, how do you like make a video? How do you trim a video? He was like, Claire, come on. Like you're a social media person. You should know how to use this. But yeah, no, I need to get on TikTok for sure. Do you, how do you feel about trends? Like, you know, I don't think there's any, like a positive or a negative way to look at it. Like, I think it's just perspective, but in our space, there's lots of trendy things, whether it be a new social media platform or whether it be a new style of photography, you know, a, a look, mm -hmm. a mood, a feel. Do you think it's important to play trends or do you think it's important to kind of stick with things that, you know, that can styles and compositions and things that can surpass time or doesn't, who cares? doesn't even matter anyways. We're all going to die. So have fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. That got dark real fast. It doesn't matter. Um, we're all going to die. <laughs> we're going to die anyways. Um, trends. I don't know. I've never been a huge trend person. I like to stick to like just doing what I like to do. And like, to be honest, a lot of times trends get on my nerves because I feel like a lot of people, you can use it in a positive way where like you can get ex inspired by trends and then in return inspire other people. But then a lot of people would like stick too hard to trends or then they don't even get creative. They're just like copying what everyone else is doing like what was it that fairy light trend that happened like two years ago where like everyone shot with fairy lights and it was like the same photo like shot by like literally thousands of people and like to me it's cool that it's like inspiring people to do that but then maybe do more you know don't like do the exact same thing so for me personally i don't really i mean yeah i haven't really done any like trends because i have my own style so i don't really care but i guess if you're like starting and you want to like, like I said, get mm -hmm. good at different types of photography, then like, yeah, do some, go fall, hop on the trends for sure. And like try everything, but I don't. <laughs> how would you, how would you describe your, uh, your style, your aesthetic? Um, I would say super clean, 
minimalistic editing, very desaturated. I don't know if you saw my bio on Instagram. It says desaturating is my love language because it really is. I'm like anti-color, also anti-yellow. Like there's no yellow in any of my photos. I hate the color yellow. So definitely like clean. I like, I like photos that are clean. I don't know. It's just so pretty to me. Like there's no distractions. You're just looking at the subject or whatever is in the photo. Um, and the whole like desaturation look, I think is just super, I don't know. I find it so sexy. I love it. Do you, do you just, do you love color for like what color is or, have, or do you take it deeper and like, uh, study like color theory and things like that? I haven't studied color theory. I don't know. I, I think that color sometimes can be distracting. Mm-hmm. Like you'll focus. T- I mean, it, it depends on what you're shooting to be honest, but like, I just, I don't know. There's something we do the brand stamped. Like, they're so clean and minimalistic. And I just find that super attractive because they're like, we get so distracted so easily with our eyes that like, if something is just very clean, I think it draws the eye more, but, um, yeah, I guess I'm kind of anti-color with like literally everything. Like even my place is like no color. It's very like black, white, gray. <laughs> yeah. Very muted. I dig it though. Um, thank you. I wanted to chat with you a little bit about, uh, just kind of life. We've, we've, we've talked a lot about, art and photography and and creativity, but what do you think some of the, what are some of your top tips on just like living a good life or not top tips? How do you go about living a good life? I think that for me, it's like challenging myself and kind of putting myself in like uncomfortable situations to grow. That's how I think I, I prosper the most. Also traveling, dude, that's such a big thing for me. Like you learn so much from traveling. I think the education you get from traveling, it really overpowers any actual school education in a lot of times because you're you're you have to put yourself in vulnerable positions where like even something as simple as not being able to speak a language, not being able to like communicate, but still having to like treat someone with kindness and patience is so big. So and I so I struggle on that. I'm like a very impatient person and I literally have the word tattooed on my arm because I'm so impatient. And I think that traveling and challenging yourself, um, it challenges you to be patient in a lot of situations. Um, traveling is like literally love my life and my hobby, I guess. Um, and then music, I'm a huge music person. So I get a lot of joy, happy vibes from music. I go to a lot of festivals, concerts. I'm like literally always at a concert. (laughs) Um, yeah, <laughs> if anyone follows me, they know all I do is go to concerts. <laughs> what's, what, what's your favorite genre of music? Top two. We'll give you top Mine, two. dubstep, like hands down is my genre. I'm a bass head person, bass girl, and then probably R&B. Okay. Bass baguette. Two very different genres. <laughs> the bass. Yeah, bass baguette. <laughs> <laughs> Love uh, that new hashtag. <laughs> How do you, how do you do with, how do you do with fear? You know, you're a young single woman traveling all around the world. Uh, how do you deal with fear when you're just put in these certain scenarios sometimes that make, you know, might make you feel a little uncomfortable? I guess it depends what type of fear we're talking about. Um, any fear, uh, fear, and let's just talk fear? career specifically, like not like necessarily okay. like fear of like sketchy dude in the alleyway, but <laughs> more or less, more or less fear like, you know, how do you deal with fear of, you know, going after your goals, fear of feeling not good enough, mm-hmm. whatever, you know? 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I deal with that all the time. I mean, it's such a normal human thing to have is that fear of like not being what you want to be or not amounting to what you want to amount to. Um, I definitely struggle with that. Um, there's been so many times where I, am not confident enough about my work or my career. And I wish that it was somewhere else, but I think that you just have to like be present. You really have to be present and like, look at it for what it is instead of being like, Oh, I could have worked with Nike by now. I'm it's like yo chill you're gonna work with nike it's fine like it's gonna happen you know what i mean like almost um uh what's the word like visualizing it um mm. what's the word the super popular word everyone uses it manifest, manifest. <laughs> you gotta manifest your reality it's true though it's like you really do because if you don't believe in yourself and in your own goals and dreams then you're never gonna accomplish them i mean step one it. is literally believing you're gonna do it yeah exactly so I think like that, and that comes with a fear of like not actually realizing it. You have to just push it on the side and not even give it thought, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and if it is super present in your life that you're fearful, then like you just got to maybe reevaluate some things because like you shouldn't be constantly fearful that you're not going to amount to something. And I know that it happens. Like I, it happens to me all the time. There's so many times, especially when I like people's work that are like so talented and I'm like, wow, I suck at photography. You know what I mean? Like you look at someone's work and you're just so inspired and, and wowed by people's talents, but you have to keep it real with yourself and be like, no, 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 you're killing it. Like chill. Like you're not them. You're on your own path, you know, like stay on your path. Mm-hmm. It's no one else's path. It's just your own. Yeah, no, most definitely. How do you go about educating yourself in the photography space? Like, do you just only learn from doing? Like, I know photographers that, like, yep, yeah, never read a book, never did this, never did that. I just, like, shoot, and that's just kind of what I know. And I've noticed that sometimes they get to a point where they might plateau just because they don't have a deeper understanding of light or color or mm-hmm. whatever it may be, like, when you start to really get into technical shooting. So how do you continue to grow as a photographer and educate yourself? Well, I'm definitely the first one. I'm not a technical photographer at all. And like, I'm trying to be a little bit more technical now because you kind of, I mean, like you said, you do plateau if you don't constantly grow and learn. So, um, I, I taught myself completely. I've never taken a class. I've never like read a book about it. Um, I kind of learned everything just by like doing it and like practicing, but I think it is important to like educate yourself because like you said, you, I mean, you you have to grow and you're not going to just grow from your own knowledge if you don't have the knowledge. So YouTube, YouTube university guys, like yep. such a thing. I learned all of my Photoshopping from YouTube. And I mean, there's things like Photoshop that like, you can't really learn on your own. It's not instinctual. You have to like <laughs> learn the ways that it works. Like Photoshop is like a horror film. Like it's so <laughs> difficult, but, uh, yeah, you have to just put the time in and, and, I definitely need to like get more technical, but I'm definitely not a technical shooter at all. (laughs) Do you you see yourself? So you started that vlog, uh, but you got busy. I'm curious. Do you see yourself getting into video more? Like I know a lot of creators I talk to uh, are realizing, you know, as far as the space goes, there's more money involved in video as far as making a career at this thing. So you've seen a lot of photographers trying to transition Mm -hmm. into shooting video. Is that something you've thought about or... I have thought about it a lot and a lot of people tell me I should get into video. The thing is with me is that my end goal isn't being a photographer. It's to be a creative director for like a big like fashion brand. So I don't think I need particularly to learn video. Also, I I have done, I've made some videos and I've kind of worked on it, but I don't get the same inspiration that I do from just like phrasing a moment 
that I, and it's such a different thing. Like people think that just, if you're good at photography, you're going to be good at video. If you're good at video, you're going to be good at photography. It's not, it's not like that at all. It's, it's two completely different things. So for me personally, no, I'm not really getting into video and like, maybe I will in the future. Maybe there's gonna be a time where I need to, but my goal is to be a creative director. So, um, that's more what I'm trying to align myself with. I dig it. So more, more, more producing and directing than necessarily being the yeah. person behind the camera. Uh, and I, that's yeah. rad. I think to be honest, that, that takes a certain level of, I feel like, a understanding where you want to go, and being like humble. A lot of like most people I talk to, they want to be the person, they want to be the the photographer or the videographer, which is fine. Uh, but as far as a like, career goes, like being a creative director might be a, a much better outlet for you. And creative directors make yeah. great money. You get to have a ton of fun. You're in a very highly mm -hmm. creative role. And you're, I mean, you're the brains. You're like the creative brains behind the vision of everything at that brand. And so uh, I think that's a really rad goal that you have. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's, it's really cool being able to like, basically have a project be your own vision and like you're not just like involved in it in the sense that you're like shooting it you're literally the entire vision is yours and so you get to pick the people you want to work with you get to pick the idea like everything that you're really in control of and that's something that I wish I had more on some shoots sometimes where I'm like oh like I, I feel like we should use like this person or like we should have you know done it this way where it's like if that's not your role you can't really like control that that much and I've been um getting more and more into like directing um with different brands like I've um, basically produced two full campaign shoots this year that were like completely, um, everything was like done by me and I love the role. It's really tough. It's so hard. There's so much that goes into it, but it's cool just being able to like see your actual full vision coming to life. That's, so that's why I think it would be, it'd be a cool role for sure. Yeah. That'd be super rad. And I think it'd be cool to, uh, it'd be cool to do a little project with you and let you creative direct. I know we're going to, I told you we're going to be dropping some merch, uh, here soon. And so, we should chat about that. Yeah. I think that would be super rad. Super down. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we're coming to an end here, Claire. I normally wrap the podcast up with asking our guests to share some words of inspiration with the AOV community. So whenever you're ready, feel free to drop some knowledge on these, uh, <laughs> these young bandits. Uh, let me think about this. I would just say be kind and work your ass off. Nothing is handed to you. Work for it. Be kind to people around you. That's really, I mean, be a good person. Honestly, it's what it all comes down to and work in personal life. It's all going to tie in together really well. If you keep it real and are kind and treat others well, you know, I love it. it. My girl, Claire, thank you so much for coming on the show. That's Lady Baguette on Instagram. Make hey, sure to follow Lady Baguette. Thank you for uh, having me. Feel free to share the episode. Subscribe. Share this with your friends, your family, your mom, your dad, everybody. Other than that, stay easy, fam. And uh, we'll catch you guys next time on the next episode of the Art of Visuals podcast. Peace.